This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Towards Gabbiadini! Oh, and he's hit the post and he's gone in! And one chop cheek in Manchester United's defence with absolute content. Here's Bayano, give and go with Sturridge, that's lovely! Tommy Smith... Hello everybody, thanks for joining us for Steve Bloomer's Washing, the Derby County podcast where all we want for Christmas is three points. I'm Chris Parsons, it's episode 13, and it's season's greetings to Richard Kutcher. Merry Christmas to all. And glad tidings to you and your kin, Tom Martin. <laughs> Merry Christmas and also a Happy New Year. <laughs> Getting out in there early, like it. So in the next uh, oh, forty odd minutes, we'll uh, we'll bask in the glory of Derby's superb two 0 win over Aston Villa. We'll look forward to Saturday and get some insider knowledge from Millwall, and we're going to mull over Derby's Player of the Year so far as we approach the halfway point of the season. But in the spirit of Christmas, we're going to mix up the usual format. We're going to uh, we're going to round off 2017 by giving Who Ram I a break. For one episode only, though, because, you know, it does have a cult following. Yep. Um, I'm sad. <laughs> I'm quite happy. I've created, I've literally concocted a quiz in my lunch break just to not do Who Am I? So, yeah, Coach, what, so what have you got for us instead? I've got five questions. Christmas-themed Quiz Pal. Quiz Pal. Darby County <laughs> Quiz. <laughs> quiz uh, and Daily. <laughs> well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. So, um, quiz Team Aguilera. I'll start it. Yeah. So, uh, I've got five questions. Uh, kind of Christmas themed it's quite tough to come up with Christmas themed questions but um, okay. they're going to be around some Boxing Day fixtures and some maybe festively named Derby County players so between me and Tom between you, you two so We're don't shout out yeah don't shout out the answers We're gonna, I'll give you the questions now uh, write down write down your answers and, and write down your workings out and then we'll, shoot. We'll, share the, we'll share the answers in the second half so first question what was Derby's Boxing Day fixture and the score in the 2006-2007 season. Oh, that's tough. Promotion season. Jeez. Blimey. So the Boxing Day fixture, one point for the fixture, who we, who we were playing, and one point for the score, 2006-2007. Boxing Day fixture, 06-07, and results. Okay, I think I know that. Question two. Which festively named defender joined in 1996 <laughs> and went on to miss just two games that season? So which festively named Derby defender joined in 1996 and went on to miss just two games in the 96-97 season? Joined in 96 yeah. and missed two games in that season. 
the 96-97 season. So the first, the first Premier League season. One point for his name and one point for who he signed from. Oh, hello. Bonus, dishing out the bonus points oh, yeah. already. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to lie, I'm struggling here. <laughs> <laughs> so question number three, yeah. which festively named striker yeah. played eight games for Derby in 2004? Got an idea there, go on. That's, it is niche though. Um, <coughs> you have to excuse me by the way I'm, uh, I'm full of cold I'll try not to yeah. sneeze or, uh... it's not Anders Svensson is it no you've got to no, you've got write it down and that's not festively named oh, no Antlers Antlers Svensson maybe but it's not Good. him so yeah question um, four go on question four when was the last time we did not have a Boxing Day fixture and yeah I'll just leave it as that that's who did we play I haven't got a clue about that one I thought we've always played a Boxing Day okay fair enough question five if you tally up and this is a, a closest to answer yeah. So if you tally up Derby's <coughs> points total from Boxing Day fixtures over the last ten years, <laughs> come on, <laughs> really? Um, well, you got to just put a guess. If you can't remember them all individually, then just put a. That's a gonna guess. be very much a ballpark figure. Yeah. For me. So uh, if you tally up all Derby's Boxing Day fixtures from the past ten years, how many did we take? I think I've got at least three that I'm confident on there. And then um, a guess for the fourth, the fifth one. Yeah. yeah. Five, obviously, no idea. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But I've got a good idea for four. <clears throat> not too sure about two and three at the moment but I'll have a think over the over the next half hour yeah and please everyone have a think and we'll give the answers in the second in the second half what a, what an incentive to listen to the end of the podcast <laughs> what a quiz <laughs> <laughs> let's get quizzical <laughs> so yeah Saturday what a result uh, Derby County 2 Aston Villa nil an early goal from Andreas Weiman against his old club set us on the way inside the first half an hour before Johnny Russell the super sub the flying Scotsman chipped in an injury time to uh, to clinch the 2 0 win. Gosh, I mean, it's terrific result. Where does it rank in our sort of performances this season? Do you think? I think uh, I'm not sure if it. I'm not sure if it is better than three uh, 0 away to Borough, but I mean, yeah. at home against a real, you know, real promotion rival, four versus fifth <coughs> at the time. I think I think it's got to be up there. I think with the Forest and the Borough result, I'd say we've had some excellent results. The Leeds away, Norwich away result being fantastic. But I think this matches two things: the performance and the result were thoroughly deserved. Having watched the watched the game back, the amount of chances we created, the dominance that we showed. I mean, Villa had about a ten or fifteen minutes spell after half time, but pure class right the way through. Every single player that played uh, their part on Saturday, I thought were excellent. If you look at those other big games in isolation, mm. the big results. Forest at home, Middlesbrough away, Hull at home, 5-0. I think they're all in different or slightly easier circumstances, I'd say. Obviously, Hull were a mess at the time. Middlesbrough gifted us two goals, basically. Yeah, yeah. And we're, in, we're ahead against Forest inside the first few seconds. Uh, obviously, the, for the first goal, Glenn Whelan, ironically, the man who we were after in the summer, reportedly, uh, had an absolute shocker. Gave it straight to, uh, to Vidra, who got his head up. Squared it for Vyman. So obviously Villa gifted us a goal as well. But I think in terms of the occasion, you know, Villa, Villa, Villa are on a great run, fourth versus fifth. They're going to be up there. And for the players to handle it and handle that pressure as well, because Villa had 67% possession. Yeah, it's amazing. They didn't do anything with it. And we held on and got the goal. And I just don't think, I can't remember the last time that's happened. I mean, they, they definitely did give us that goal, you could say. But but as as Tom mentioned, we've created a lot of chances before then. Nugent already had yeah. two really good chances. He had a, he had a third great chance uh, afterwards. Could have scored a hat trick. Yeah. Nugent, the first minute, the overhead kick, and then the header, which the the ball from Huddleston and Foz, absolutely fantastic uh, cross in, like reminiscent of the 2013-14 Foz. They would have been fantastic goals, I think, and it would have been a great hat trick. But in all in all those chances. games you mentioned as well, Chris, uh, on the games that we've done well, the Forest game, the Norwich away, Leeds away. 
Borough away and this one, they've actually, although you know Forest aren't anywhere near as good as those other teams, at the time we were we were next to them in the table, and when we played Borough, we were next to them in the table. And when we played, that was like fifth, sixth versus seventh, or yeah. Like that, so it? and and this, these these close games, and if we could go up the table, then that means we're going to start beating Wolves when we play them later, <laughs> right? So um, are we getting carried away or anything? <laughs> I, I feel at the I moment. Think, I think that's an important point yeah. to make though, because it means when we're coming up against teams which we're, we're jointly matched with, with Rowett and the team are finding a way to win. I think at the moment we can beat anybody. It's it's been we've been solid at the back. We don't concede many goals, um, and we are getting a bit of a few breaks going forward. But we're now starting to create chances which we hadn't necessarily done earlier on in the season. Um, that said, we've also got a tough game at the weekend, which we'll come to later. But I think at the moment we're playing playing very well. I'm very pleased with the, the form and the performance from Saturday. I think it was the best of the season. It's just it's difficult not to get carried away, isn't it? It's be- but we've all been here before. Yeah, we've all been. <clears throat> we're all here for those amazing runs in previous winters. Um, you know, it happened twice in McLaren, didn't it? Where we stormed up the table in November, December, mm. and it all went wrong in January and February. But we'll, this, have to, we'll have to see what happens, won't we? This, although those days McLaren teams are more exciting to watch, this feels like it's built on something more sustainable, like a more sustainable foundation of that back four is, or back five is very organised, all point, performing yeah. well. Mm. I feel like you're less likely. You might start drawing a few games, or you might lose a couple one nil, possibly if we if we have a bad run. But I don't see us sighted to throw away leads and kind of crumble I, I can't see that happening yeah the nature of the defending has been very solid um, and you can see the fact even when we've lost games um, you can see they've been like horrific individual areas rather than um, failings of a team i.e. the lack of being able to defend a set piece for example um, going forward we haven't really seen the best of all of the strikers at once we've seen Vidra with pockets of great goals and Nugent with the odd goal here and there and then recently Vyman and Russell Arguably, we haven't seen that unit playing really, really well. So, um, as a unit, I mean. So, I think there's still a lot more to come. That doesn't matter, really, does it? Because as long as two of them are playing well at any one time, then we've got, we've got enough to, um, to to beat a lot of teams in this division. Of course. My point is, is that we haven't been reliant on one player. It's not like we've got a twenty goal a season man who's who's banged in all the goals and. Um, well, that's, that's going to be Vidra, but yeah, I take your point that other, others others right. have chipped in, haven't they? Yeah, most definitely. I think that's the most important thing. We're not like. We're not reliant on one individual, um, and we have got a strong team, and I think that's uh, that's going to stand us in good stead for the rest of the season. I think in terms of man in the match, because I, I, I was there myself um, with a friend who's in the away end, which was pretty hilarious. Um, <laughs> obviously, no one really had a bad game. You know, Ledley did what he does. Um, it's difficult to to pinpoint uh, you know a match winning moment that he has, but that's his appeal, isn't it? He, mm. do, he does the he does the, the bread and butter stuff very well and he lets Huddleston play those Hollywood balls. Um but Ke- I mean Keo was we'll come on to it later. He was he was immense. Um you look at contributions that win you the points in games and, and Keo made three on his own. Yeah. Um you know, the the, the, the effort from Snodgrass, which um sort of across from the left, came to Snodgrass at the back stick. He scuffed it a bit to be fair. If he'd hit it better, might have got in. And it reminded me of the goal against uh, Wolves that we conceded, where yeah. they had a similar shot from from out wide, and Keogh couldn't keep it out. But anyway, this one, Snodgrass hit it low, Keogh cleared it off the line. Yeah. Um, Grealish, who looked pretty handy, to be fair, he was sort of picking up pockets of space, running at the back four. Um, he was ghosting past Huddleston a bit at times. Um, there's one particular moment where he was sort of bearing down on goal, and Keogh just you know stood his ground, chose his moment. Picked his pocket and just uh, you know just nicked the ball off him. Yeah. Um, doesn't sound like much, but believe me, at, at the time it was a really important tackle at a really important time in the game. And then in injury time, 
He does one of his trade now trade. I'm going to say trademark runs. Yeah, got his head up. Swashbuckling. <laughs> that is it. Swashbuckling. Yeah, steamed forward, picked a pass, and uh, Johnny Russell did outside, the rest. Outside, outside the boot as well. And actually, yeah. a, actually a bit of an intelligent run from Johnny Russell as well. Yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah it was cool bad defending, up. but yeah. Um, actually, on that goal, Tom from goalkeepers union was the keeper Johnson a bit slow to come out on that I thought he seemed to hesitate me and Chris were talking beforehand and I said exactly the same thing the touch from Russell isn't actually that good it's no. quite heavy and then the keeper sort of standing like on his heels I thought the keeper should have been out to make uh, Russell rather win the ball or make Russell make a decision and he, he didn't he was able to just put it put it home quite comfortably for me I think the keeper should have been out there yeah. on the other hand he did time his run stayed on side yeah. and he put it for the keeper's legs so yeah. you can't and also Johnson had, a, much. Johnson had a really good game he made four or five excellent saves so for him to concede that one is to blame him it's, it's a bit harsh I think but yeah I think um, excellent pass on Keogh and I'd also like to add in the first half when he uh, he did a nice little Cruyff turn and sort of steadied himself looked up and then curled one towards goal about 20-25 yards yeah. out yeah, just <laughs> went, yeah. went, went for a weldy top <laughs> in no, no worries Vidra <laughs> yeah, was lined up ready to take yeah. it but he was like oh, and then after that he, he had that shot it was it was so funny to watch he had that shot stuck in the top corner pretty routine save the keep to be fair yeah. and then you're thinking oh god Keo's out of position here <laughs> no he isn't he stalled back 40 yards and then headed it from keeper's clearance it was brilliant yeah. it was just a great moment he had a terrific game he's but having a good season really on, good season on Russell and Vyman We've said a lot of things about them on this podcast this season. You know, we've said that Vyman's limited. Russell's a bit of a scapegoat when things, you know, when we had bad results at the start of the season. But you know, Russell got the got the goal on the weekend, uh, and and Vyman got the other one. Uh, Russell got the winner against Coop, uh, against uh, Burton. Vyman scored against Barnsley, and he set up three or four more in the past six or seven games. Kutch, have we underestimated both of them? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think. We've, we've said I don't think a couple of games change, changes it I think they're playing in a, in, a, in a system which works well and they're working hard and they're getting they're getting their rewards as the team performs well and they're obviously contribute, contributing I'm not saying they're not so I'm not saying we could just replace them with anyone and can do the same job but um, you know these are professional footballers they should be able to you know, put a couple of goals in when we're when we're playing by well law of averages and we're winning games. Season. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll hold they, they still waste they still waste more chances than they take. I, I, I agree with you, but I'm going to also put that idea there that I remember Vyman coming onto the scene and uh, Villa getting a famous win at Anfield against uh, Liverpool. I think it was three two uh, under Paul Lambert and Vyman being absolutely electric um, and just creating chances. And he was a real exciting talent as a youth player. Um, is he now maybe starting to? put something together that could see him be consistent uh, which we haven't definitely haven't seen in a Derby shirt and arguably Villa haven't seen and that's why they sold him to us um, could this be the moment or the season where Vyman actually realised his potential this is the best form he's had since he joined isn't it yeah probably Easily, yeah. Um, and I don't think I don't think we're going to suddenly see this creative flair player in the final third I, I don't think I don't think he's got it in him He's hard working, but he can yeah. create things. Like, and you've seen that in the last few weeks, and that's not what we haven't seen over the past eighteen months. So I'm pleased for him. I'm pleased for Russell. We talked about being pleased for Russell, and I think he took his goal well. Um, even though I just criticised the keeper on it. Um, long may it continue, but I do kind of agree with Kutch. I could see this not continuing. Obviously, the key with Vyman is it wasn't just his um, the fact that he scored the goal, but obviously Raoul loves him because he's so diligent tracking yeah. back as well, and yeah. it was very noticeable against Villa. So if they were looking to get the, um, you know, their out ball was was Neil Taylor to um, to a Doma, 
on the left, but Vyman like cut that ball out a number of times. Yeah, and people noticed that, and that's obviously a, a tactical. It's obviously a tactical decision as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's probably. I can imagine he is one of those players that if he's given instructions, clear instructions, and he'll then he'll he'll do it. Well, yeah. yeah, he'll follow them, and he'll actually will do it. Do a good job of it. Yeah, that's great. So moving on, uh, Derby's game against Millwall on Saturday will be their twenty third of the season, so the halfway point in the campaign. Uh, Tom, give give or take, are we? Roughly where you expected us to be? Um, no, we are above where I higher or lower in the words Hi- of higher, the late Brucey. Hi- higher, definitely. Um, I'm surprised that we're fourth. I'm really pleased we're fourth, of course. Um, I would have expected a, a slightly slower start to this and the, the form to come. But I think, yeah, we performed. We started to perform really well over the last few months. And looking back at the sort of last twelve fixtures, I think we've won nine. Um, and lost one and drawn no sorry lost two and drawn one or something like that it's a, an excellent run of form that we're on we said um, coach didn't we that at the start of the season before we bought Lawrence that we all thought we sort of agreed that we were one decent signing away from being a top six side mm. um, which is we haven't sort of, signed anyone yet and we uh, never signed him and now we're a top six side so we were we were sort of right but yeah, but <laughs> do, he, do you he agree with Tom there? yeah I, I, I definitely didn't expect us to be fourth and this close to the top two um, I thought we'd be in and around the playoffs maybe but maybe like seventh or eighth potentially I think obviously at the moment it look, it feels even better because we're on a run and we're, we're, we're moving upwards we're not taking it many steps back Yeah. Um, so that kind of maybe clouds it a bit but we're, def- we're definitely higher than I thought we'd be I, I didn't think we'd be I now think we have got a genuine shout for the top two um, I didn't think we'd ever have I didn't think we'd ever be in that position yeah, during I'm, the season I, I think when you were, and when you when you both say that that you are surprised that we are where we are you have to think of the reasons why, don't you? Why are we higher than we thought we'd be? And it's part of that because other teams in the division haven't been performing. You know, like the the teams that were pre-season favourites, like obviously Borough are suffering, Reading are mid-table, Fulham, Wednesday who are in the playoffs, Sunderland, arguably Sunderland, yeah, Sunderland. Although they, they sort of came down in a, in a bit of, in a bit of a mess. Hull. Lee, even Leeds, Norwich, all but, those teams are sort of um, you know they're sort of between what. 8th and sort of 15th mm. give but, or take but I don't think that is it because you won't be surprised to know that I've looked at some numbers <laughs> sure <laughs> P-Dog's got his geek on um, and um, what I looked at was you know where we were at this point in previous seasons I've written off last season because we were never anywhere close to top 6 then were we but no. three seasons before that obviously 15-16 we lost in the playoffs um, at that point under Clement, we we had forty four points from twenty two games, and we were second. Obviously, at the moment we've got forty one, um, so three points, uh, three points behind. Then in fourteen fifteen, the season when obviously we slipped out of the top six on the last day of the season, uh, we had thirty nine from twenty two, and we were third. And then in the uh, in the Wembley season thirteen fourteen, we had forty one points and twenty two, so the same points total, unless. Um, I've researched that wrong but anyway the point I'm making is that we're basically on track in the same way for the playoffs that we were yeah. in previous seasons and that's not just because other teams are crap it's because we're doing what we have to do yeah I think the reason I think the reason why I had low expectations this season was that I fe- it felt like a real row it felt like a real change um, in, you know, in, a, in a positive way but a real a change in direction the, the transfer business in, in the summer was a change in direction and that's that's been positive but you weren't sure how that was going to impact how long it would take for him to get his ideas across uh, with a slightly different group of players 
um, and get that. You know, he obviously was relying on getting the best best out of Vidra. I wasn't convinced he'd be able to do that. He has obviously done that. Um, so I think he, a lot. I think his work, his strategy, his tactics have just come together a lot quicker than I expected them to. All credit to him for that. Yeah. So in speaking of you know the halfway point and the season so far, what we wanted to do next was make a case for the sort of main candidates for player of the season so far. We've had to decide beforehand who those three candidates are, and I think most fans would agree with us that there have been three standout performers this season. Uh, Scott Carson, Richard Keogh, and Matej Vidra. I think that's fair to say, isn't it? Yeah. I'd Obviously, agree. we're fourth. There's a lot of players who've had good games. If Joe Ledley had played the entire season, he'd yeah. probably be in the shower, wouldn't yeah, he? Yeah, definitely. Curtis Davis has been very solid. Um, I just don't think he's quite made the same contribution as Keogh. Yeah. Um, Huddleston has, you know, made a big contribution, but he's had his off games as well. Definitely. Um, you know, Nugent has scored a few goals here and there. Other players that we're not even going to mention, but we think between us that Carson, Vidra, and Keogh are the main contenders. So the three of us, the three of them. Tom, you're up first. Oh, I'm going to start. The, I'm going to start the stopwatch. <laughs> You've got 30 seconds to tell me why Scott Carson is Derby's Player of the Year so far, starting now um former england number one scott carson is having the kind of season that in my opinion uh, puts him firmly in place uh, to be on a late call up to the russia uh, 2018 england squad um he's ever present this season in the league he's conceded just 21 goals in 22 appearances uh, his confidence calmness organization have provided a stable form- foundation for some excellent derby results keeping 10 clean sheets in the la- including the last three we haven't conceded a goal for three fifty-five minutes. Two, top quality keeper, one, top quality save. So. Decent, like that, concise. Put some effort in this time, didn't you? I did. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, I think I'm not quite as concise this week. Kutch, you've got Matej Vidra. Oh yes, I have in my pocket. That's for uh, if I was playing defence, I probably would have him in my pocket. But right. uh, Robbie Savage against Adult Tarat. <laughs> Richard Kutcher, Matej Vidra should be Derby County's Player of the Year so far because three, two, one, go. He's arguably the best striker in the league um, and uh, he's just become extremely vital for us this season. 12 league goals plus one in the cup, 19 in just 19 appearances in total. Uh, we're not a team that scores a lot of goals uh, this season, so having him in there, reliable, reliably putting them in, uh, is, is pretty vital. Um, only, we've only lost one game when he's scored as well, and that was against Bristol City when we got absolutely trashed. Um, he's also Five, had three assists, four, which doesn't sound like a lot, three, um, but he two, creates chances for others. One, and Villa was a good example of that as well. That was, that was, that was that 30 seconds. That was like 15 got seconds. Got to and watch, mate. Ah, I don't believe it. Um, <laughs> I had so much more to say. <laughs> you need to be more concise, pal. I know. I, I, I deliberately spoke slowly because so I didn't have very much. So I'll give you, I'll give you mine. <laughs> sure. Okay. So, uh, Richard Keogh, Chris, why is Richard Keogh a uh, player of the season so far? Can you give me a countdown? Oh, well, I started it. All right. One, two, three, go. Podrick Harrington, Roy Keane, Paul McGrath, Liam Neeson, Enya, Sonia O'Sullivan, and Richard John Keogh, the greatest Irishman ever. He's been a colossus this season. Brave, reliable, powerful, dominant. The only game he didn't play, we we completely collapsed and shipped four goals. He leads by example. He loves the club. He loves defending. And I think he's got the most desire to get promoted of any player in this squad. He's already won it twice and he's a shoe in. Three, Patrick. two, one. Keo. <laughs> Vote Keo. <laughs> Good job. Do you like my uh, famous Irish people? I did. They yeah. were Enya. 
Yeah. Sonia McLaughlin, big fan of her rugby uh, coverage on the. Uh, Sonia O'Sullivan. Oh, uh, similar. Sonia McLaughlin is off Scottish. Of, off of running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some some getting, moment. getting my Sonia's mixed up. We'll stick it on Twitter. See what you think. You know, have have your say on who you think is. To a Twitter poll. Yeah, one of those Twitter yeah. polls. Who I'd you think also is like our to most Carson, if you took away the three. Ooh, no, Ab- hang on, <laughs> hang on. No, no, no. The three abhorrent performances. Just the interesting bit. Um, Bristol City, Sheffield United, and Reading. That is eleven goals that we shipped. So if you took away those, that's ten goals in nineteen games we conceded. So if you took away half. If you took away half the goals he conceded, he would have conceded less goals. Well, of course, but well, that's in three. Yeah, if you take My away, is, yeah, Vitra's yeah. games he didn't play in. Then, yeah, and that's outside of thirty seconds. So I'm yeah. going to choose to ignore that. That's fine. <laughs> Invalid <laughs> fact. I just thought it was quite interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Half the goals you can see have been in three really poor. Look performances. how interested I look. <laughs> Chris is going to cut this, isn't he? <laughs> it's already it's already gone. Um, speaking of Twitter, give us a follow on that there Twitter at Steve Bloomer Pod. We're also on Instagram and Facebook, or drop us an email, Steve Bloomer's Washing at Gmail we're going to leave it there for the first half. After this, we will speak to a colleague of mine who supports Millwall. God bless him. And see what he has to say. And then we'll talk more Derby County news in a few seconds. Now again. There's Villains. Asanovic. Welcome back to Steve Bloomer's Washing, the Derby County fan podcast. Uh, the Rams host Millwall at the weekend, looking for our eighth home league win of the season. Uh, potential banana skin, so to see if the Lions can cause a surprise at Pride Park at the weekend, I'm joined now by my colleague, sports journalist and lifelong Millwall fan, Mark Lawford. How are you doing, Mark? Very well, thanks, Chris. Good to have you with us. Uh, so, I mean, Millwall... I can't work them out this season. You've beaten, had some great results at home. Mm. Beaten Reading, Norwich, Middlesbrough, Sheffield United and Leeds, albeit all at home. Um, yet you're 17th in the table. Are can't, you frustrated you're not a bit higher? Can't win away from home. Can't score a goal. Um, goal scoring is the big problem for Millwall this season. We are one of the lowest goal scorers in the league. Um, only got 23 goals all season, I think. It's just not good enough. That's because um, Steve Morrison hasn't scored a goal all season. At the moment, we can't score goals. We're playing counter-attacking football we've drawn away at a lot of the top teams this season we've that's right you, yeah, you've got nil, some nil, nil at Cardiff nil nil at Villa nil nil at Preston and Bristol City and nil nil at Bristol there, City yeah and five away defeats by one nil so you've worked out there that of 11 away games Millwall have only scored in three they've scored five goals in, ten, in 11 away matches but they've only let in 10 goals so, so all their away defeats have been by the odd goal so if, if basically if Millwall don't score then then the opposition have a chance, really. Well, yeah, it it all boils down to the fact Derby will win this match 1-0 if you look at the stats. That's that's how it's going to be. We haven't won away from home, so we're due an away win. Morrison hasn't scored a goal since he scored the winning goal in the playoff final last year, so he's due an away goal. And I said to you earlier uh, in the the room, Derby should rejoice if if Morrison scores because he'll become Millwall's third leading goal scorer. So Millwall haven't won away this season. Steve Morrison hasn't scored this season, Mm. and the last time, the last time he beat us, Steve Morrison scored the winner in a one 0 win at Pride Park. All roads lead to Pride Park. It's there's something poetic about that, isn't there? Yeah, and I think we we owe you that for the playoffs in 1992, (laughs) whenever it was. We we still you you mentioned that to me at least once a week at work. Yeah, and it's you know. It, it was a bad night for us and bad night for everybody involved with the club. It was. Yeah. For a horrific us. night. For Millwall, what sort of constitutes a good season, would you say? Because, I mean, as you said, you are 17th, but you've had some good results. 
where do you see yourselves in the in the sort of pecking order of the division? At the start of the season, I highlighted three teams that I thought were going to be worse than Millwall because fourth bottom was what I said would be a good season, and those three teams were Brentford, Barnsley, and Burton, and we've lost to all of those, right? Crazily, I still think that the, the Millwall are a small club. They're a tiny club. They're punching above their weight. Teams like Millwall and Burton really have no place in the second tier of English football. Is it's that not giving Millwall disservice though? I mean, no, I can see not. what you mean with Burton because they are they are punching above their weight. No one can deny that. But I've always seen Millwall as a sort of a solid second tier team. Is that well, is that sort of too generous? I think it almost certainly is. I think we've been in the second tier a lot since I've been supporting them. But it's thirty years ago since we were in the top flight. Millwall are a little club. Um, they've got a hardcore support of about twelve thousand. That's, that's a small club. They are and as punching you above their weight. No one likes you, but no you don't one, care. No do one likes us, and we really don't care. <laughs> I don't know if you hear us singing that at games. Once, once or twice. Yeah. The thing I love is that the fans repeatedly sing, no one likes us, we don't care. Yeah. But they repeatedly sing that, which makes me think that they that part of them does care. We're very it. sensitive. Despite, despite the bad <laughs> press, we are a sensitive bunch. You just want we, to be loved, don't we you? We do care a lot about things. I know you mentioned before you like it when the Millwall fans start this in the background you like that don't you when there's this chant that just builds up very very I think you I thought you mentioned to me that you like it when it just starts to build up and gets louder and louder but this this indecipherable and it just becomes the word Millwall and that that will be coming out at Pride Park at the weekend so listen out for that, that that's always good fun in terms of the division as a whole as a neutral as you watch a lot of football through work anyway who do you consider the best sides in a division to be well, statistically at the moment, Wolves are running away with it, aren't they? So they are the best. And at the start of the season, I thought Wolves would do well because they're, they're due a stint back in the top division. But there are some huge clubs in that uh, second tier. Derby are a big club. Leeds are a big club. Sheffield United and Sheffield Wednesday, these are big clubs. If Millwall can finish fourth bottom and consolidate and go forward for next season and build, a, build something for longer than two, divi- uh, two seasons that we had before, then that's exactly what we want. This is the problem. But the problem with Millwall is, if we ever do produce a good player, we sell him. We're a selling club. If we get a decent forward in, or a decent defender, some will always come and buy him. So we're, we're never going to be able to be a decent side again. Now, it was Lee Gregory who caused Derby all sorts of problems last time, wasn't it? We scored a hat-trick in that 3-3 draw. Is he likely to, um, is he likely to play at the weekend? Yep, him and uh, Steve Morrison do play very well together. And they work very well together. They're, they're a good partnership. I just hope we don't get a penalty, because Gregory has got a bad record with penalties. He famously missed two in stoppage time last year at Oldham, three minutes apart as well. It wasn't a rebound and resaved. Two separate penalties saved in stoppage time and we drew nil-nil. And a similar thing happened this season, didn't it? At Brentford, when he actually scored and we were one nil down, a rare away goal for the Lions at Griffin Park. And the referee decided that, no, I'm giving you a penalty instead, which he promptly missed. And we lost one nil, as as I said before. One nil, the away defeat. We're nine points off the bottom three with a massively superior goal difference. So that's 10 points. And if, we, if we're saying that teams at Millwall are in relegation trouble or having a struggle, we're only a point beyond the likes of Norwich and two points behind Sheffield, uh, Sheffield Wednesday and three points behind Fulham. So no one's saying that they're in trouble. But if Millwall can win at Derby or get something from it, they'll be moving equal with these teams. So do you think, um, in, you know, the last two times Derby and Millwall met at Pride Park... Obviously, we haven't played you for a couple of years, but in 14-15, it's a 0-0 draw, I seem to remember. In 13-14, it's that famous 1-0 win for Millwall. Do you think they'll set up I, in the same sort of I, I way? Like, look, I like the to, way you keep mentioning that. <laughs> look to make it difficult and try and uh, nick something on the break? Well, that's the thing. Millwall's whole style this season is based on um, counter-attack. 
I think if you look at the stats, and I'm not a great lover of football stats, I think they, you can make them tell any story. I am. Well, I know you do. <laughs> you love your stats. You're a real stato. But um, Millwall's, I think Millwall have the lowest possession of any team in uh, the championship. And I think they only, I think they only average 35% this season, which is fine because they're not conceding many goals and they look to absorb pressure. Their defence looks very good this year. They've only, only once this season have they lost a game by more than one goal. They have not been hammered all season. So this, this weekend, Millwall will either get hammered or Mozza will score his goal and we'll win 1-0. That's, that's, that's the way it's going to be because something's got to give this weekend and we are due an absolute pasting. Here's hoping that Derby are the team who can dish it out. I'll say a nervy 1-0 win. What do you reckon for Derby? Uh, well, given results this year, I can't see Millwall scoring. Um, the best we're going to get is a 0-0, but i go with you. Results would point to a 1-0 to Derby. Mark, may the best team win. As long as that's Millwall, thanks very much. Back in rights on Monday, thanks a lot. Cheers then. So that's a view from Millwall ahead of Derby's game against the Lions at Pride Park on Saturday. Coach, it's Millwall at home, then Hull away on Boxing Day, then Ipswich away on the 30th, and then a massive game, what could be, at Sheffield United at home on New Year's Day. How many points would you take from those four fixtures? I think at this point, I'd be taking four or uh, four to six. Really? That low? Yeah. I, I think I, I would expect us to take maybe six or seven, but I'd probably accept somewhere between four and six. Ten. <laughs> 10? It's impossible. 14. I'll include, <laughs> no, include, include Sheffield United. Including Sheffield United as well, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Sheffield United at home. Okay, no, I'd expect us to take 7 to 9, probably. Okay. Yeah, because we all underestimated this last time we tried to yeah. do this, didn't we? I'm not trying to give you an actual number. I'm not sure why we're doing it again, given how stupid it was last eight. time. I'm saying 8 points. Yeah, I mean, Millwall, they're going to do what other teams have done to us this season, aren't they? They're going to sit back, be physical, yeah. um, protect the lines, try and hit us on the break. But, I mean, if we can't... If we, you know, if we let Millwall gain their first away win of the season for a team who have been as defensively solid as we have, it's going to take a bit. Of, it's going to take a massive off day from us and a bit of a miracle for Millwall, surely, Tom. My colleague said the same thing to me. Uh, he's a Millwall fan. He said the same thing to me today. He's like, "Oh, so we haven't won away, and you're in really good form. So it's got all the uh, hallmarks from Millwall away victory, um, possible." But again, I think Millwall are well organised. Um, Harris has got them well drilled uh, they don't have that much creativity up front I think if we score first we score two or three uh, however if they score first it could end up in a very similar situation to Ipswich so um, we, did, we did start the Villa game so well yeah we Nugent that. had that had that really good chance inside the first minute yeah so we, ju- we just need to start like that yeah but you wouldn't expect Mill to let us start like that I think this is going to be another frustrating game like the, the Ipswich one or the Burton oh, one and it could yeah, it could go either way you could win 1-0 could lose 1-0 yeah. um, I think Tom was right like any of these games if we get an early goal, great. But it, I'm, I'm, I think fans should probably brace themselves. Another, another frustrating game. And Hull are a different proposition now, aren't they? Under Adkins, they've uh, Nigel Adkins, they've started to pick up a few results, uh, and we're not going to see the same sort of shambolic hole that we saw at Pride Park in uh, back in September, was it? Yeah. 5-0? But again, you know, with our our form away from home against the top sides or the sides who are meant to be doing well, it's pretty good. So you know, I look at the I look at the Hull Ipswich game and say we can go and do a yeah. job on them. Yeah, definitely. I think I agree. I think we can do a job on both of those teams. Uh, we're strong and solid away from home, um, and I think we've got enough to beat both of them. I know it's which obviously beat us, but um, uh, at Pride Park. But I, I do think we can go there. Uh, annoyingly for the Ipswich game, it, the trains are a nightmare from London, so um, it doesn't look like I'll be able to attend that one. Rolls out for us, doesn't it? Yeah. So looking at the squad as a whole, uh, Gary Rowett made some interesting comments at the uh, recent fans forum at the Yard in, in Pride Park. He was asked about 
you know, have Derby hit the heights yet? Are we where he wants us to be? Have we hit our full potential? And he made the point that, um, you know, similar point to one we've made once or twice in the past, that he said, we've got three or four players who have got more to come. Coach, who, who do you think he's talking about there? Um, I would say Huddleston and Lawrence would be the first two that's pretty Lawrence is an obvious name. For me, it? yeah. Um, I think I think he, he might even say, he'd probably say that if you named any player to him, he'd say, of course I can do better because that's how managers mm. think. They can think they can always improve. But I think he'd probably say the same about Vidra. I think he'd probably say Vidra's got more to come. And then there's the players that haven't quite got into the squad properly, you know, regularly got into the team, like Chris Martin's got more to offer. Yeah. Craig, Craig Forsyth yeah. is another great example. I think if you, I mean, let's flip the question then. Which players do you think are playing at full capacity and are as good at the moment as they're going to ever be for Derby? I think Keogh is one of I them. I think Keogh, Davis, and Carson, Carson would probably be the three. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Ledley, maybe. He's Ledley's like, not going to really do, his performances aren't going to fluctuate much, really, are they, Tom? No. He no. is what he is. I, I can't add too much more to that coach and yourself. Nugent, as well, yeah, I don't man. think, isn't really going to, you're not going to get a huge amount no. more out of him than what we have done. Maybe a couple more goals. Maybe yeah, a little, a little streak. I think would be nice for a new job. But yeah, I think um, yeah, I agree. So <laughs> I think we'd say. <laughs> so we're going to say Lawrence, Huddleston, Martin, and Martin, Forsyth. and Forsyth. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Interesting. I'll put that one out on the old social media as well. See if people agree with us. Russell and Vyman as well. There's still more to come from those two. I think there's more to come from most of them. Yeah, you know, we know, but I think those. I think Huddleston and Lawrence are the really obvious ones, and probably Craig Forsyth as well. Yeah. One thing I forgot to mention in the first half was our uh, terrific new feature, Guess the Goal, where people have to quite literally guess the goal. Yeah, it's a good name. Uh, thanks. Um, so the previous Guess the Goal in episode 12 was, of course, you both knew this, uh, Francesco Baiano yeah, yeah, against yeah, Leicester yeah, yeah. in 1997-98, I think it was, in a 2-1 win. Uh, well done to Kevin James Wood and on Twitter and uh, Hucknell Ram on the dcftfans.uk forum. Regular winners there, Chris? Both of which got the previous one as well, so they're both, they're both <laughs> on a, a hat-trick. <laughs> Not sure who I'll give the match ball to if one of them gets this next one, but uh, we'll give you one more guess a goal at the end of this episode. Um, speaking of the fans' forum, a number of issues were raised. Uh, we've, we've talked about the main ones, really, but some sort of slightly um, more interesting wider club issues uh, someone asked if there's going to be any Wi-Fi in the stadium free Wi-Fi for season ticket holders someone asked that um, but there's not because it's too expensive Tom's dead against Wi-Fi aren't you you don't believe yeah. in it to, to be honest I find it the smartphone generation um, I do especially when you two aren't there I do spend a lot of my time sort of updating you with some messages but and I do message people or, or say things on, on social media and I actually have started to stop that because I'm that I paid X amount of money to go to the game. Watch the game. So it's funny, though, isn't it? Whenever, whenever you go to the football, as soon as the halftime whistle blows, you can just see a sea of people pulling their phones in their pockets, yeah. don't you? Every but, time. But, Talk to you, the people but, you're um, with. So, Tom, have you so- stopped taking your selfie stick to games then? I, I have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My selfie stick is the was a, was a well-known <laughs> appendage of mine. Not a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> Alongside my pork pie. <laughs> they also said uh, someone raised the issue about um, the Rams away. I've never actually heard it called that before, but apparently there was like a specific football train to away matches. Uh, must have been before our time. Someone asked if they're going to if they're going to rekindle that. Um, but basically, uh, John Vickers basically said no because it's in the hands of East Midlands trains. And yeah. They said it's not cost effective, and, and and they probably hate football fans. So yeah, is Rams is Rams away? Was that was that a football special train? Was it? It's yeah, the same sort of idea. Yeah, yeah. It must have been. I can't see that ever happening again. It would be handy though because 
um, for those who live in Derby, you obviously can ha- get the coach, but the coach can take a, a long time, whereas a train is much much quicker. Oh. Um, and you can have the ability to, to move around the carriage, have a bit of a stretch of your legs, and um, and have a drink as well, which uh, you're not meant to do on the, the away coaches. So. Or on the tube. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, interesting. Okay, well, let's move on to the reason why we're all here. Oh, this, this, this quiz pal. Quiz. Mm. quiz pal, Derby County Christmas quiz. <laughs> quiz Akabusi. Um, so I asked you five questions at the start of the podcast and I'm going to run through them with the and ask you both your answers keep uh, pad some time coach because I need to actually look at the question again and have a think about question two okay so um, which um, which question do you want again um, which festively named defender joined Derby in 1996 and went on to miss just two games that season and for a bonus point where did we sign him from okay um 96, so he's got a name which has got something to do with the uh, holiday season. Mm. Okay. I mean, I, c- I can think of the player, but I can't think of his connection to Christmas. Okay, fine. Number three, I think I've got. Number four, I'm going to have, have a guess. What was number four again? Uh, number four was, when was the last time we did not have a Boxing Day fixture? When was the last time we did not have did not play a game on Boxing Day? Okay, I've got a vague idea for that one. I'll have a... I'll have a punt. Okay, should we run through them? Okay, yeah, let's do it. Okay, so question one. What was Derby's... uh, Tom, you can give me an answer first. What was Derby's Boxing Day fixture and the score in the 2006 season? Well, I had a good think about this one and then I remember vividly being at home and celebrating as Stevie Howard scored a brace at Preston and we won 2-1. Now, that's my answer and I know it was over Christmas but I don't know if it was Boxing Day. Incorrect, Chris. I think it was Derby County nil, Wolverhampton Wanderers two. Correct. Get in there. Yeah, two points <laughs> nice. for Chris nice. in question one. Two goal scorers. I thought the wheels were coming off. Um, oh, I don't know. Steve Don, Ball. Don Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> he always scored it. No, uh, Olive and Jana. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I remember. And uh, Michael Kitely. Oh yeah. Yeah, I do. Formerly the next best thing. Yeah. The key being formerly. Yeah. <laughs> so question two, which festively named defender joined Derby in nineteen ninety six and went on to miss just two games in the ninety six, ninety seven season? And where did we sign him from? So, Chris. I mean the only person I could think of is Jakob Lawson, but I can't think of any nope, festive connections for him. I think he came a year later, maybe, but it I, wasn't Lawson. I think he was in that season, but I thought of that. Christian Daly? Christian Daly. Oh, it, behave yourself. Is it, is it Blackburn? <laughs> No, he sold him to Blackburn for five and a half million. Oh, I know who he bought. Can I get a point if I say who he bought no, him No, he can't. Was it Dundee? Dundee United. That's what I said. <laughs> nil, <laughs> nil point. Uh, one point to Tom. No points to Chris. I can't even get Christian Daly. You said him so many times <laughs> in the build-up. I know. Thought, yeah. It's the obvious ones, isn't it? Go on. Okay, question three. Which festively named striker played eight games for Derby in 2004? Tom. I'm going to be honest, I had numerous great answers, but none of them, I think, played for Derby. So my answer is going to be Rudy Scatchel, <laughs> who didn't play for Derby. <laughs> Rudy, because of Red Nose Reindeer. Yeah. Very good. But awful. Uh, I think you'll find the answer is the man I was going to use for Who Ram I, which is Noel Whelan. Oh, <laughs> very good. Lovely. Very good. So one no point, goals. One point to Chris. So as it stands at question three, Chris is three one up. I think I've got the next answer, though. Um, and just a bit of extra trivia Noel Whelan or Noel Whelan played for four clubs in that one season also played for Palace Millwall and Aberdeen 
Wow. He was journeyman. He played eight games for us and scored zero goals. Question four. Question four. When was the last time we did not have a Boxing Day fixture? I mean, nothing springs to mind. All I can think of is that season when... Nah, that's not even right, is it? When we were meant to be playing Forest on TV and it got rearranged because there was ice around the stadium and it got called off. But I know it wasn't... I think that was like a that. February time. And that was in 2009 or 2010. So, but uh, it's not that. So you haven't got any answers? No. Tom? No, so was... It's actually last season. Last season. We beat Birmingham. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> but Chris, you're on the right lines where you weren't because you were wrong. But uh, not in the Forest game. Um, it was on 29th of December. I can't remember which season it was, but it was 29th. We, did, we didn't play a Boxing Day game that year. What I've done there, I've I mean, overthought it, haven't I? Yeah, yeah, but it was just last season, 1-1-0 and Darren Brent scored. Classic yeah. mistake. Penalty. So, one to Tom. So, 3-2, with one question left. And it is the best question of all. If you tally up Derby's points total from Boxing Day fixtures over the past 10 years, how many did we take? How many points did we win in 10 years on Boxing Day? But only games played on Boxing Day, so that Forest game wouldn't have counted. And the Birmingham win last season doesn't count as well. So, uh, Tom, how many points? I went through it. We've had a pretty awful run in Boxing Day, and I'm gonna. I've written down nine, but I'm gonna go ten points. You're gonna say ten points. Eight games. I haven't even given this any thought whatsoever. <laughs> but on the basis that we've been in a promotion in a promotion battle for four of the past five seasons, um, and some other seasons before that, I will say fourteen. So Tom gets the point. It was ten points. Oh, what? Double points. We won three and drew one. We always have a terrible record on Boxing Day. And we lost, and we lost the rest. To Grimsby. And we and... lost the rest. Wow, that's yeah. that, two, that, that surprises me. But two get two of those games. We didn't. So there's only eight games we played on Boxing Day. I wrote down eight games. Don't look at my phone because I'm going to cut out the tiebreaker. Oh gosh! So we, we've won. I wasn't three, emotionally prepared for this. We've won three <laughs> games on Boxing Day in the last ten years. Can you name the three teams we've beat on Boxing Day in the last ten years? No. And who no, can, no. whoever can name the most and no write them down will win my prize of pride, a London pride on me. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, Cutch. No, I can't. <laughs> can you name one? Can I have a couple of guesses? Can you write them down and then Tom can write some down? Can oh, I just tell have a couple of guesses. Go for it. Um, so my two guesses are Preston and. My by God, I've got one. Barnsley. Barnsley was my guess. Mm. So what are your two guesses? I was going to say Barnsley, but um, I won't. I'll avoid that one. I'm going to say uh, Blackburn, uh, and I'm going to say. Um, There's one Boxing Day win which you should all remember. Should. <laughs> should I'm going to say Sheffield Wednesday. Neither of you got any of them. Oh. What Barnsley is one of them? Nope, obviously not. Oh no, it's um. No, hang on, we beat. We beat Barnsley away, didn't we, in 2014, on Boxing Day? 2014 was one of the ones we won, but it was not Barnsley. Who was it then? Well, I need, no. I need to have a winner. Catch up. I, I think neither of you are going to win this. No. The three wins we had were 15-16, Fulham, 14-15, Birmingham, and 11-12, Leeds. We need to leave this there for now. <laughs> right, so we'll, we'll be here all night. Um, Any other business, Chris? 
Not really, no. Anything from you guys before we close out for the 2017? Uh, Surprised he's not mentioning his TV performance the other oh, day. Oh yeah, Channel 5. Uh, I speak to my agent, yeah. Big 20 yeah. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the most adorable 20 seconds of your life, wasn't Three. it? Here he is. <laughs> ha- hashtag face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> the bantologist. No, well done, and yeah. we hope to see you on there again soon. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how it goes. No, it's fun. It's really cold, and our shaking due to, due to the cold when I was sending the uh, Dropbox files to Channel 5. <laughs> And um, I had a ridiculous <laughs> run-in with a steward in the East Stand, but apart from that, it was fun. Yeah, we'll see. Get one of you two jokers on uh, in front of the camera next time. Hope so. So yeah, that's all for now. Um, thanks for everyone for listening to the 13 episodes we've done so far this season. We appreciate all the support. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. We would really appreciate it if you left us a rating or review on iTunes or subscribed. Um, we'll be back in early New Year after the Sheffield United fixture around January the 2nd. And before we leave you with this episode's guest the goal, it's uh, Merry Christmas to you, Richard Kutcher. Merry Christmas, Chris. And Merry Christmas to you, Tom. Merry Christmas to everyone. See you next year. Now it's with Rowett. Rowett up the inside right position, touched on into the path of Sturridge. First time shot. Goal! Beautiful shot from Sturridge. Right past Martin and Derby County pull themselves back into the game with their first goal of the season belonging to Dean Sturridge and he hit it from 22 yards.